The Morning Coffee is a podcast recorded live slash streamed at twitch.tv slash Ryan Kubo every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. All articles used during the show are credited in the show notes below in the description. We hope you enjoy this episode. What's up, everyone? How's it going? Ryan here. Today, I bring you episode number 10 of The Morning Coffee, your source for all gaming news while drinking some coffee. Um, hope that you guys are doing well today on this beautiful Friday, November 16th. Hope that you guys are good for the weekend and hope that you guys have some fun plans planned for this weekend. Um, just a few announcements before we really dive into this episode. First of all, I just wanted to thank you guys. I know that it is episode 10, so we really have hit a milestone. It basically means that I've been consistently recording and streaming this podcast or 10 episodes, which since we do this three times a week, I'm surprised that we have gotten this far, to be honest. But I want to thank you guys for checking this podcast and for listening to it and coming back each and every week. Uh, just a quick announcement about next week. If you are not from America, uh, next week is Thanksgiving. So there's going to be some changes to the episodes uh, next week. Um, it will only affect your Monday episode. Wednesday and Friday should be fine. But Monday, I will be recording uh, the episode a little bit earlier than usual. So keep that in mind. That uh, we will not, it will probably be up earlier than uh, when it usually is. For you audio listeners, it's usually up around 10 to 11 a.m. So it might be up a couple of hours earlier than that. Also, keep in mind that there is a pretty strong possibility there will be no stream of the morning coffee next week. Uh, but, uh, at least for Monday. But the recording will still go up regardless. So keep that in mind as well. We'll have to figure that out and all that good stuff. But uh, yeah, there may not be a recording or stream of the morning coffee next Monday, but there will be a recording. Uh, besides that, though, that seems to be it that's affecting the podcast. Episodes might be a little bit shorter, uh, a little bit more hectic, and I apologize for that since it's Thanksgiving next week. There's family coming in, and uh, things are going to be a little bit more chaotic and crazy to deal with. But uh, that being said, let's jump into the news. We have a good wide variety of articles to go through today, which is great. And uh, yeah, hope that uh, I help you with your commute to work or whatever however you may be listening to this today. Uh, first article of the day, though, Amazon Black Friday Deals 2018. So this is going to kind of merge into probably a couple of articles that I'm going to be talking about. Um, it is going to be Black Friday here coming up in basically a week exactly. If you guys don't know what Black Friday is, maybe you're not from the States or something. I'm not sure how international Black Friday is. I'm assuming it's a pretty big deal now that there's a lot of online retailers and stuff. But for whatever reason, Black Friday is the day after Thanksgiving, and it is where a lot of things go on sale, uh, and there's big sales. People like line up in front of stores to snag that like $200 TV that was originally $700 and stuff like that. It's pretty chaotic. Uh, I've gone Black Friday shopping one time, and it was just way too overwhelming for me. It's kind of ridiculous that we give thanks every year on you know what we have and who we have around us and who we have supporting us and stuff like that. And then literally we have this giant meal we make for ourselves. And then eight hours later, we're out shopping for new stuff that we probably don't need. 
I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm just being cynical, but that's how I kind of feel with the whole Black Friday thing. So I don't really participate. Uh, but there are some pretty good Amazon Black Friday deals. I'm not an impulse buyer, so a lot of this stuff I don't want to get. But, you know, just keep in mind that Black Friday is happening on Amazon and other online re re retailers. If it's your first time doing Black Friday shopping online, with Amazon at least, just a little heads up that there is a usually a limited supply of the deals. And when you add them to the, your cart, they automatically leave your cart within, I believe, 10 to 15 minutes. So you need to snag and buy the stuff while you can or someone else can scoop it. Um, but yeah. Uh, the article is just kind of stating that, you know, Amazon is having a lot of sales. There's a lot of pretty good uh, sales. Uh, this article also states some of the, I guess, standout sales that are happening right now. Uh, through Amazon. Nothing too crazy, but it's just a good reminder that Black Friday is coming up and that you should uh, start searching online if you want to find those sales. Um, there's a CyberPower PC that's $50 off, an MSI laptop that's 100 bucks off, some RAM and some uh, Echo and Fire stuff, right? A lot of the Amazon products are going to be on sale and stuff like that, so look out for that. Um, over on the gaming side, though, they have some Black Friday 2018 game deals that are 15 bucks or lower, so keep that in mind as well. It looks like uh, Zero Horizon Dawn, Doom, Uncharted 4 are all like about 15 bucks or whatever. And uh, yeah, there's a bunch of other games that are pretty good, pretty solid as well. The article that I linked has a huge gift guide if there's any stocking stuffers or stuff that you want to get or whatever. Um, so keep in uh, keep in mind that as well. Uh, Spellrix in the chat says, showing some love from 16 Ton. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Welcome by. Welcome by. Just uh, going over Black Friday deals and if there's anything really super good to get this year, which is uh, always debatable. For me, though, I always just get the... I just always look for... I used to do movies a lot, but I can pick up a movie for myself, but... Gaming-wise, I don't think there's anything that I super, super want. Uh, most of the stuff I want, I have on PC. And then the stuff that I don't have that's on PC or whatever, I uh, have, uh, I don't know, like console games are really hard for me to justify to buy nowadays. So that's like one of the issues that I have going on with them. So, But overall, um, if you guys are looking for sales, there are a ton of sales that are $15 or lower. So keep that in mind. Um, Next up, have uh, Nintendo reaches a settlement for uh, shutting down ROM hosts for good. Um, Spark says, oh, I see. Always nice to know what is on sale. Thank you. No worries, man. Of course. Um, yeah, so if you guys didn't know, this was an article, we, I believe, that came out before we actually started this podcast. But um, Nintendo sued, like, this past summer, two of the biggest, like, ROM hosts on the internet. If you don't know what a ROM is, it's basically a way to download the files of a video game. It doesn't necessarily have to be Nintendo. And then be able to download something that's called an emulator that is able to play the game on your computer. Um, it's a really good way for people to play older games. Or if they don't have, let's say, a Super Nintendo or Nintendo, or it's not been re-released on the virtual console and stuff like that. Um, then it's a way for you to play the game on your computer. Like, I'm not advocating for it. I'm not really advocating against it, but it is technically stealing and copywriting, and I guess what you would call it is pirating. Think of it like that. It's like when you can download music legally from uh, torrenting sites, but instead this time it is a video game. So Nintendo um, 
Nintendo agreed to a $12.2 million agreement, which is super rough for some of these people or whatever. Um, you can check out the article down below. It's going to be in the episode description with the show notes. But uh, the two companies that were uh, uh, were LoveRoms.com and LoveRetro.co, and they end, they end up paying $12.2 million uh, remains to be seen. So they haven't paid it yet. We're not sure if the case is going to go back to court or be reopened for another case. But... Uh, yeah, uh, it's interesting because I believe that Jacob and Christian Matthias of Arizona, uh, they are the ones that own one of the sites. They agreed to, uh, like, they, let's say, they said it's also possible for Nintendo to ask, ask for in the defendants. Jacob and Christian Matthias of Arizona agreed to a large symbolic amount as a deter to other ROM hosts. The actual amount changing hands could be much less. The sentiment calls for both sides to take care of their own legal fees. So they do have to need have to need to pay their own legal fees, which is interesting. Um But yeah, so basically Jacob and Christian, they owned one of the biggest like ROM sites or whatever. I guess these were the go-to places to download these type of games illegally. And they agreed that if they were to just kind of like fess up a certain amount of money, because they probably are not able to pay the $12.2 million, right? in settlement fees that they will pay a large amount sum as kind of like a goodwill like here here you go here's our money and we will no longer create rom sites you know what's up death coach how's it going uh welcome so it's interesting that uh they're gonna be doing that or whatever but it's also interesting that the in the settlement contains a permanent injunction keeping them out of the ROM sharing business as at least as it pertains to Nintendo games for good. They must also turn over all of their Nintendo video game files and emulators and surrender the loveroms.com and loveretro.co URLs. Both sites were taken down shortly after Nintendo filed suit. So uh yeah, a lot of a lot of it is gonna be that Nintendo is going to I guess take these files, take these emulators, and they probably already know how to do this and break down the coding of both the emulators and the ROMs to see how they work, and then possibly uh, use this as a deter for other ROM uh, type of sites as well. So keep that in mind. Um, yeah, so they sued them back in July, calling their sites among the most open and notorious online hubs for pirated video games. See, I didn't even know that was a thing. Well, I knew pirating was a thing, but I didn't know that they were like the biggest ones. Uh, in the aftermath, the emulation site uh, Emu Paradise announced that it would no longer offer ROMs, though the site's owner was not sued in and saying Nintendo's action was the cause. He did say the risk of legal exposure was too great for both himself and those who had supported the ROM library of over 18 years. So um, there's uh, a pretty big debate going on within the ROM community, and like with any type of debate, it gets pretty weird and heated. Um, it's one of those things where, at the end of the day, it's illegal to do, uh, and I don't think that this is a bigger issue than what it needs to be. I think people are comparing this to like, like other very heated political topics that do not need to get get heated. Um, you know, what well, you know, Nintendo owns the ownership of these games, obviously, and people are buying them and redistributing them for free, um, but. You know the, the I guess the justification or the reasoning behind Nintendo doing these type of things is that they need is that like they are not Nintendo is not releasing their games on other platforms right 
Um, that's basically what the eShop is supposed to be doing. But unfortunately, because Nintendo's library is so vast and so big, it takes so long for them to release games onto the onto their uh, counts, uh, consoles that uh, by the time most of the ones that you want are out, it's already onto a new com- uh, console. Luckily, with the online... Luckily, Nintendo's kind of gotten its online services better, and so any games that you've downloaded, say, on your Nintendo Wii U or your Nintendo Wii have an account link to them, which you can now re-download on the Nintendo Switch once their virtual console comes out. But it's been about a year, year and a half since the Nintendo Switch has come out, and we haven't really seen a virtual uh, console yet. Uh, Death Coach says, anyway, have a great podcast or stream. We'll do, man. Take it easy. Uh, Spellark says, Nintendo's Nintendo. Yeah. Nintendo has been, they want to make sure all focus is on them and not others who pirate or do other stuff. Yeah, I mean, from a legal standpoint and from a business standpoint and from like a morality, I guess morality standpoint, it makes sense, right? They own the money. They own the games. Makes sense. What they should be doing, though, it, uh, what they really should be doing, though, is trying to just, um, they're, I feel like they're really losing a lot of money by not putting the games out on the Nintendo Switch. Like, I own a Nintendo Switch. I don't really play it that often. It's mostly for my daughter. But the game, the Nintendo Switch, is such a good system because of its portability. Um, some of the best games that I've played on it so far have not really been the $60 big console games, even though we are getting into, like, console gaming season where all the big games are coming out, Smash, uh, you know, the new Pokemon game, etc. But it's been the indie titles that I've been able to play portable. It's been really nice to play like Stardew Valley portable or Undertale portal, portable, etc. And I feel like they're losing so much momentum and so much money by not releasing a virtual console uh, store on the Nintendo Switch. Because we already know that the Nintendo Switch is easily able to power 1080p 60 frames per second, which means that it's able to at least do like up to Wii, Wii U type of games. So it just flabbergasts me that there is no Nintendo, Super Nintendo, N64. Because that would be so cool to have like an N64 game or a GameCube game or a Super Nintendo game that is portable and like holds in the palm of my hands. But Nintendo has always been about the games first, the games in the console first and online like last or like online fourth or fifth. It's like three and four just question marks. And then like, like fourth or fifth in that is just like online services or whatever. Uh, Nintendo needs a creator here where people can create games using old classic games for nintendo or something like that yeah uh, they kind of half did that with like that mario maker game but it doesn't really it didn't really go anywhere uh you know at the end of the day like it's great like it's great that they did this it's great that they've shut down these sites that are pirating to their games but i hope that this pushes them forward in a way that says hey we should probably release these games on virtual console or release them in some type of format so I hope that they realize that, and I hope that they start um, really pushing that virtual console stuff. Because that was kind of like a big reason why I got my Switch is because of virtual console stuff to be able to play certain like old school games like Portable. Um, you know, should be the reason why I got it, and it hasn't happened yet because their online services are not that great now. To be fair, their Nintendo new online service just launched about a month or two ago. So we'll see what ends up happening with that in the future, basically. 
Um, if you guys didn't know, it's $3.99 for one month or for a whole year, it's $20. You get cloud backup saves. You do get some classic Nintendo games with that, and you do get voice communications. So we'll see how it is. Even though the voice communications, that's a whole other story that they messed up on that as well, because you don't actually voice communicate through the Nintendo Switch itself. You communicate through your phone, through an app or something. That's really weird as well. But um, yeah, I am hoping that. If anything, they just add the virtual console stuff. I don't really need to be playing with friends on my console. I've never really played with uh, friends on console. I've always been a PC type of guy. So, you know, that's fine for me or whatever. Um, Spellrix in the chat says, yeah, they just need an area where anybody who wants to create anything with Nintendo have an area where they can show these works. I think you could draw people. Yeah, definitely. I think that one of the things that is a step forward in the right direction for Nintendo is that. Um, They've never really been like a third-party developer, right? Like all the games that come out on the Switch, you for the most part like don't want the third-party titles, right? It's always been like, well, I have to get a Switch because I want to play the new Zelda or the Mario Mario's or the Pokemon's, right? It's never been like, oh man, I really want it for this third-party title. And one of the things they did this year actually was they made it so because my friend's actually developing a game for the Switch, but they actually made the licensing fees uh way cheaper for developers for third party developers as well as gave them a lot more tools and resources to work with from a coding standpoint so that's been pretty good but i definitely agree that they need to create something or have a better area or broaden an area where people can like really work and show and yeah really just get into the social media game i feel like as well and just like have like a showcase or whatever like um it would be really cool if they did like monthly streams or something where they showed off like the best like fan made work or fan made stuff or whatever, right? Like I believe this happened a few months ago as well, but someone made like a fan made Metroid game based off of the Super Metroid game for the Super Nintendo. And it took the guy like three or four years to make. It was like all new story, dialogue, like coded it himself, and then I feel and then I think within like two weeks of the game being released they dmca'd it right so you know that happened but i once again it's hard because i can understand why it's not sanctioned by nintendo he was technically taking ips that were not his own which is technically a copyright violation and then you don't want to really reward people like that by making money off their own thing so it, it it's it's difficult it's super hard but Overall, I think big picture, this is really good for Nintendo. I hope that they take this. I hope that this is a sign, though, with them shutting down like these type of IPs, that something is coming in the future that will be good for them. Uh, that will be uh, that will really uh, push the nostalgic games onto their platform or whatever. So I think that's just an easy money maker to do. But uh, we'll end up seeing how that works. Uh, next up, though, kind of talking about Nintendo in the same way, uh, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee are out, and I did get to play it a little bit last night at a buddy's house, and uh, yeah. Um, you guys didn't know, this is a Pokemon game that was been pretty hyped for the last couple of a uh, couple of months really but people were kind of concerned with some of the mechanics of the game and all that stuff so i kind of wanted to give my first impressions and initial reviews on this type of stuff uh the episode description has a link of the like article i'm referring to as well which is on GameSpot for you audio listeners um but 
Uh, yeah, so if you didn't know, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee are pretty much based strictly off of uh, Pokemon Yellow, which if you guys are too young to remember, that was probably one of my favorite games of all time that was reminiscent of the anime. Um, there's a couple of differences, though, within this game. Um, I just want to say this like right off the bat, though. Um, I know that the game has gotten a lot of crap for uh, basically being a accessory to uh, the mobile game Pokemon Go. Um, we've talked about Pokemon Go quite a bit on this uh, podcast, even though I haven't really been playing it at all lately. But Pokemon Go is still a pretty big game. It's one of the highest grossing mobile games still to this day, with about 3 to 4 million concurrent users at any given time. The game is still not as popular as it once was and not as big as a cultural phenomenon as it once was, but it still has a very big and very core fan base. Like, it's huge. Um, Spellrick said, if people do good work someday, somebody from Nintendo should send a message first and they want their work on it. Yeah. Uh, they should, but that's not usually how Nintendo operates, unfortunately. <laughs> I remember my son playing that game, think it was Yell, yeah. So, um, yeah, so one of the things is that um, this game really, so what this game does, in my opinion, is it takes the best features from Pokemon Go and implements it into a Nintendo Switch format. Um, the developers have said that this is a quote-unquote main series Pokemon game, uh, that's what they uh, they count it as. And uh, the Pokemon Go features that are in this game, really all you can do is import Pokemon from Pokemon Go into this game and play them on here. But you can't transfer Pokemon from here to Pokemon Go, I believe. So the Pokemon Go part of this game is like super, super, super minor. So keep that in mind. Um, but some of the mechanics have definitely changed in this game. Uh, I will say that, you know, for a game that retails for $60, it's really hard for me personally to justify this, even though it seems like a fun game that my daughter and I would really enjoy playing. Uh, maybe it's a game that I would buy on sale, but for 60 bucks, it's kind of hard to justify. Um, some things that are different from this game from previous Pokemon games, you are, uh, when you encounter a wild Pokemon, you are just able to catch it. Think of it just like Pokemon Go. Um, and just like Pokemon Go, the Pokemon avatars are right on the screen. So no more running through a dungeon and randomly encountering 500 million Zubats. A Zubat, a Geodude, a Pikachu will show up on screen. You actually have to physically touch it with your uh, character to be able to get into an encounter. Now, once you jump into an encounter, it works exactly like Pokemon Go, where you just need to throw your Pokeball at the Pokemon to hopefully catch it and get those excellent or curve or type of throws like that. Another difference is that XP is now shared between all Pokemon. Just in general, you do not need to get an XP share, which was a specialty item. In this one, you just have it. <laughs> it's on by default. It's not even an item. When you catch a Pokemon, you will be able to get XP as well. So catching a Pokemon, you'll be able to get XP and then uh, fighting trainers, obviously, you will get XP. Fighting a trainer looks exactly like it does in Pokemon, uh, in original Pokemon games, just way more clear and way more fancier as well. And you will be able to get items and uh, uh, experience from them as uh, also. Uh, lastly, one of the things is there is a two-player co-op, local co-op mode in this game, 
where each of you take a Joy-Con. The second player who has a Joy-Con shakes the Joy-Con controller and they are able to jump into the game. They get to control their avatar, but they're limited to the screen that the first player is on. So think of the second player as a support character. They also don't get to choose their Pokemon, but their Pokemon is automatically the Pokemon that is in the second slot of your party. So what happens when you get into battles? What happens when you get into catching? Well, when you get into a wild encounter with two people, you both have the opportunity to throw your Pokeballs. Now, what you can do is you can have one person just throw it and catch it, or you can add both of the controllers into the game, and you can basically just throw your controllers at the same time, and you will throw two Pokeballs, which will combine into one. Keep in mind that because of this, this actually you share your inventory still of the first player. The second player doesn't have their own inventory, so keep that in mind that uh, you're throwing essentially two of the same ball every time. Um, it, like I said, it's a support role. Uh, it's definitely made for, I would say, little kids or a younger audience who doesn't really know much about Pokemon or doesn't or has only exposure has been Pokemon Go and uh, really wants to pl get into the Pokemon game series a bit more. So basically, the first player you know, chooses the Pokeballs, chooses how to catch, etc., but both players can throw at the same time, or you can even have one player throw at the same time. So that is the cooperative uh, feature as well. Um, also, if you do get into a Pokemon battle with someone, a uh, trainer battle with somebody, it will literally be a 2v1, <laughs> which uh, seems really, really, really unfair. But um, yeah, uh, it is what it is. Uh, we played for maybe about three to four hours last night uh, with me and my friend, friend and I, whatever. But I will say this. The game itself is definitely a dumbed-down version of the Pokemon games that you've known and love. Um, I'm not saying that's technically a bad thing, but it's definitely trending towards an audience that maybe they've only played Pokemon Go before. Uh, the mobile game they've never played a pokemon game before they don't really want to do a bunch of reading uh there's pros and cons to this uh you know as well um catching pokemon is you know pretty cool pretty fun gets a little boring after a while but for example my friend and i before the first gym we were level 20 already which the first gym has level 10 pokemon and the reason being is that we were just finding random pokemon to catch um and the Pokemon seem to be just kind of in totally random orders or in total routes. Like, for example, on our on the first route right outside of the city, the starter city, we ended up getting a Bulbasaur and a Pikachu. And he had the Eevee version, so it's like, oh, he didn't need to get the Pikachu version. Like, already we had, like, a pretty stacked team. Um, so keep that in mind. And then, like I said, every time you catch a Pokemon, your whole party gets XP. So we were just catching Pokemon, and we were able to get to, like, level 20. And then because we were also co-op, it was 2v1. So any trainer battle, any rival battle, etc. was way easier than I expected. So keep that in mind. Uh, would you say it's catering more to younger age children? It's definitely, yeah, I think so. I think that uh, if you're like a hardcore Pokemon fan, you'll love the game. It's really fun. It's really cool. What I am wondering is what endgame content is going to be like, because I honestly have no idea what that's going to be. But it's definitely a game that's like trying to wet the feet of people who are waiting for the next Pokemon game to come out, because there is like a main series game. And what I mean by a main series game is like new Pokemon are coming out uh, in 2019. 
but then uh, it's also trying to lure in new people, uh, kids who have only played the game uh, on their phone or iPad. Uh, so yeah, uh, for me, it's a pretty fun game. It's pretty cool. I do not know what the end game is, though, unfortunately. Uh, there is, like, there is never, uh, there's no global trade system, and there's no wonder trading, which is kind of lame, and I don't know if there's even competitive battling at the end of the game. Uh, you know, aka, you can fight, play with, against other people online or something like that. I feel like, I don't know, but without any, like, so what I mean by global trading or wonder trading is global trading is what we're used to, what normal Pokemon fans are used to, where you can, you know, if you have a friend, you can go up to him, hey, want to trade this for this? Sure, there's none of that in this game, unfortunately. Um, and then the other thing that I enjoy, which is not in this game, is a thing called wonder trading. For anyone who doesn't know what that is, wonder trading is where you offer up a Pokemon. It can be anything from your inventory. So let's say you offer up a Charmander, and it will automatically find someone else who also wants to Wonder Trade, and it doesn't tell you what Pokemon they're trading, and you guys just trade Pokemon instantly. It's actually kind of really fun because it's like playing Roulette. It's like, I traded you Charmander, what did I get? Oh my gosh, I got a Legendary. Like, oh my gosh, I got this. Like It's totally random what you get. It's super fun. But unfortunately, ne neither of those two features are in the game. So there's no way to trade with other players online um, or locally. And there's no wonder trading as well. Uh, there's a lack of uh, competitive, it seems like, in the game as well. So I'm not really sure how the end game content is going to look. Now, that being said, this is a game that they said will work well when it comes to um, the next Pokemon game. So if you guys are really hardcore Pokemon fans, this is probably worth a buy for you because you will most likely be able to transfer these pokemon from this game to the next pokemon game and like have your party there or whatever um such a shame they did not add that feature wonder trading sounds fun yeah it's super fun like i because so for me the way i play pokemon is uh i usually breed a lot of pokemon to try to get like the perfect stats and sometimes I'll get like 80th percentile stats or 90th percentile stats. And then I'm like, oh, I have like, you have to hatch the eggs, right? So obviously I have like maybe a box full of Pokemon. They're like, yeah, they're pretty good, but they're whatever. And then I'll just trade them all with the wonder trade thing. And it's really cool to see like what Pokemon I get uh, and stuff like that. And it kind of fills out your collection as well. Cause sometimes you'll get Pokemon from other regions or Pokemon from like random places. And I don't know. It's a, it's a pretty good way to, to kill some time or whatever and there's like whole subreddits where people are like i'm wonder training at this time in this region like try to get these pokemon and they're just like have a bunch of whatever so pretty cool but um yeah overall i would say that if you're a hardcore pokemon fan you may want to get this game still only because you'll be able to trade the pokemon from this game to the next main series game in 2019 uh you know no online features make it so that the post game seems very like I don't know what you do afterwards. And the game is definitely way easier. Um, it's almost surprising that it's easier. It's almost like mind numbingly surprising. <laughs> like even when an attack was not very effective and I was two to three levels down, it still did like three quarters of uh, three quarters of the damage. So I don't know how I feel about that, but this game is definitely like a dumbed down version of this, uh, of the original Pokemon games. So 
I uh, hope they add that feature. Oh yeah, it so that feature. This is actually the first poke. Well, since they introduced the feature, um, I believe like on the DS when the DS came out, I believe, and it's been in every Pokemon game since. So it's weird that it's just not in this version at all. So this is the first time since the DS it hasn't been in in a Pokemon game. So most likely, I'd be shocked if it's not in the next Pokemon game. So, um. But yeah, overall, guys, this is where I'm hesitant to recommend the game and whatnot. But uh, the game is $60, right? I don't know. I'm a PC player. I'm not a console gamer. So for me, if I want to get a PC game, it's usually on sale. I can wait for a sale. I can download a digital copy of it. It's cheaper. I can go on Steam. I can find a game that's pretty good quality for 5 to $10, right? But for $60, it's really hard to justify these type of games. I, I would say if you have a younger sibling or if you have a son or daughter who you can play with it's pretty cool but i wouldn't recommend it if you're just gonna solo this game and you feel like this is the next game or whatever um so yeah ouchie that's expensive for a game because because it has poke it's a pokemon game no it's just that's how much nintendo like that's how much console games are in general it's 60 bucks like any any game for nin from nintendo will be 60 bucks even third party and if they're not like really good games they'll be 40 so yeah, I would definitely say that, I don't know, watch some gameplay, check out some Twitch streams. I would definitely recommend uh, checking it out. But for me personally, I probably won't be buying this game unless it goes on sale on Black Friday or it goes on sale in the next coming months. Honestly, I can see waiting maybe half a year for this game and everyone's kind of returned it to, uh, you know, game places and you can just buy it for there, uh, buy it from there. The problem is that Pokemon games have such a high resale value. Um, I remember waiting. I remember I for, didn't buy a certain Pokemon game. And I went back to the store maybe a year and a half later to get it. And they were still selling used copies for like 50 bucks. Um, because the way that the Pokemon games work, only certain Pokemon are in certain games. So they still have a really high resale value. So, yeah, keep that in mind as well. Um, I probably won't be getting this game. I'm probably going to be holding off for the new Super Smash Brothers game that comes out uh, in December. But that's just my uh, my call. It does look like a great, fun game. A lot of streamers are streaming it. But even watching the streams, uh, you know, the gameplay itself looks pretty mediocre. But, uh, yeah, guys, anyway... Uh, that's going to be it for today. Uh, this podcast actually has gone about the, the link that I've usually wanted to go. We'll save articles for next week as well. Um, thank you guys for coming out as always. If it's your guys' first time here, uh, my name is Ryan. This is the morning coffee that you're listening to slash watching on stream. But um, yeah. You guys can find the links to the Spotify and iTunes of all uh, all the episodes, past, present, and future, down in the episode description below. Uh, we're on Spotify and iTunes. Uh, if you guys want to, though, you can follow me on Twitch, Twitter, or Instagram at Ryan Kubo, R-Y-A-N-K-U-B-O. Uh, or you can check out the YouTube, which is S-H-I-G-E-O-S Twitch TV for any uh, unedited VODs and stuff like that, too. Uh, but yeah, thank you guys so much. I will see you guys Monday morning for another episode of the Morning Coffee Podcast. Uh, and uh, yeah, have a great weekend, guys. Take it easy. Peace.